Um, thank you all for coming to the uh, to the first official Shir Klali for the open open for the community on Hilchos Tefillah. We had one before Rosh Hashanah on on a different aspect of Tefillah, Tefillah and Slichos, Tefillah based Sarav, whether or not Slichos should be said in a sympathetic way or in a less sympathetic way. And we were debating whether or not we should restart this program now in the middle in the middle in the middle of a war where everybody's running around and in, 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 involved in different activities, trying trying to get their life in order. And Rav Shlomo and I really thought that even though it might be hard for people to come, we might we might start with less of a crowd than than we're, than we're, than we're interested in. It's really important to start tikkfios. It's really important to get as many Torah opportunities in the shul, in the community, in the community as possible, because we're in an asara. And when you're in an asara, as you probably saw in the makaros, it's a time for it's time for tefillah. And we'll see the Ramban. And the asara creates a unique obligation in addition to learn to learn Torah. And any Torah we learn now during during this during this Isara, you know, I know Ravelli has a son who's mamish either on the border in Gaza or in Gaza. Um, many of us have friends, neighbors, relatives that are. I have I have, I have some I have some neighbors that are also mamish in in Gaza as we speak. And the only thing we can do for them right now is daven, 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 and learn Torah. Rav Cook writes, Yisod Torah l'shma. That when we learn Torah Lashma, when we're involved in Torah, we are strengthening, we're energizing the broader Knesset Israel. The Torah is the energy of the Jewish people. It's not just for us that are actually learning, it's for the entire Jewish people. And in some way that we don't necessarily fully understand, but hopefully we believe in a really an experience, in a really visceral way, our Tfilos, our Torah supports them, gives them koach. And, um, and, and hopefully we should give them zechuyos to be able to do what they have to do there safely safely and get back. You know, the, uh, the Achiezer, Rav Chaim Ozer-Gradinsky was the chief rabbi in Vilna, he published his main work, Achiezer, after the start of World, of World War II, after the Nazis already, already invaded Poland, and there was a mass migration of Polish Jewry to, to, to Lithuania. And he sits there and he's writing, in an introduction to his work, Achiezer, like, is this really the time to be publishing My Shadows and Shugos? Like, World War II is starting, it's a huge crisis, and we have to deal with refugees from Poland that are, that are running, into, running, into, running into Lithuania. Is this really the time for Talmud Torah? And his response is, yes, look at Jewish history. Look how we got through different service. Of course, we have to practically deal with the service. Back then, they couldn't fight. They, just, they could just run. Baruch Hashem now, we're in a different situation, we can fight. But Jewish communities all throughout Jewish history, when there was an Eistara, there were Marbet and Mechazik themselves in Talmud Torah. It's like, look at the Polish refugees. When they come to Lithuania, the first thing they do is organize groups of learning for themselves. That's what gives Am Yisrael Koach. That's, that, that, that's what gives Knesset Yisrael Koach. And I'm, I'm hopefully, Mirat Hashem, we should be able to do it here, we should be able to do it wherever we are, to be Marbet Talmud Torah, not just for ourselves, but but B'Shem Knesset Yisrael. So, with that introduction, um, our first sugya in Hilchos is Vigeder Mitzvah Tzvila B'Chayom. This could be a lecture if you want it to be, but feel free, feel free to chime in if you don't want it to be a lecture. Um, so, there, as you saw, there is there's no pasuk in the Torah that says, Thou shalt pray. There are lots of pasuk in the Torah that gives us, gives, give, give us a lot of different mitzvahs. There's no mitzvah in the Torah that says there is a mitzvah deraisa to daven every day. Yet, the Rambam is the first and major Rishon to explicitly say, in many different places in his writing, that such a mitzvah exists. There is a mitzvah d'oraisa to pray once a day. What is the source of that mitzvah d'oraisa to pray once a day if, if the Torah doesn't actually say it explicitly? It's all these psukim about avdo, about ba'avata. Look in the first source, the Sefer HaMitzvahs. Hava mitzvah chamishes hishetzivanu l'avdo yis'ala. That the first, the fifth mitzvah is to serve God. There are many, many places, places in the Torah where it says you're supposed to serve God. 
Then he says that serving God you would think is super general. End of the second line. This is a super general mitzvah. One of the Rambam's rules is that we don't include super general mitzvahs in the list of Tariq mitzvahs. Rambam's, Rambam's example is Kedoshim to you. You should be holy. So the Rambam says that doesn't make it onto the list of 613 because it just means you should be holy in general. How do you be holy? But keeping all the mitzvahs. So mitzvahs that are kolel, kolater, akula, general mitzvahs, don't get counted in the list of, list of 613. We think serving God is also the most general mitzvah, and yet it's included. Why is it included? So what the Ramam says in the third line, It has a specific manifestation or example, which is the command to daven. <clears throat> Serving God means praying. But then the Ramam says, so it's not just davening, that is the yichud, that is the primary expression of serving God, but serving God also includes Talmud Torah. Good. So what do we make of that? Why is serving God tefillah? Before we look at any other sources. Let me phrase it this way. Um, if you, the, the, the verb of do comes from the noun eved. I'm not sure, not sure it comes from, it's associated with the noun eved. So you would think that the verb la'abdo is acting like an eved toward, towards God. So la'abdo, you know, bringing karbanos is referred to, referred to as an abudah. You're doing something to God. You're giving God presence, so to speak. What do we do when we daven? If anything, the opposite, right? We're asking God for things. That doesn't seem to be la'abdo, an eved-master relationship. It would seem to be an annoying kid relationship or a good friend relationship if you, want, if you had a verb form for that. It seems like it's acting more like a bed, more like a child, than a than an evid, and it would be it would be prioritizing, foregrounding that aspect of our relationship with Hashem. So it's just it's just interesting that Lavdo becomes a source of tefillah, even though it seems to be the opposite direction. We're not serving God, we're not giving something to God, we're asking things of God. Good. So hold that hope. Yeah. He says later on, but he says later on what it means exactly. Gun, Sorry. I don't want to jump the gun. Make yeah, jump the gun. Meaning it's you're asking him because he's the only person to give it to, so you're establishing that he is the entire source of your being. And yes. Yeah, 100%. And that's going to be part. That's going to be part of the answer for 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 some of the reshonim. Um, but on the surface, it's just an interesting question. Yaakov Kamenetsky is the one who formulated the question, I think, as per, in a super precise way in his commentary on Misakos Barakos, Amos Yaakov. He just points out that it seems to be an opposite direction of what you would think an evid master relationship relationship would be. And also, it's not a, this serving God includes Talmud Torah. So it's not just tefillah, it's Talmud Torah. And tefillah is an expression of serving God. Fantastic. Um, this connection, the fact that davening is not in mitzvah of hispalel. It's not a, there's no mitzvah to pray. The mitzvah is to serve God through prayer. It also is pretty clear in the Rambam's introduction to Hilchot Tefillah. If you look at source number two, Hilchot Tefillah, Berkaz Kanem, Yish Blachalon Shtei Mitzvahs, Akas, what is the first mitzvah in this section of the Rambam? La'avod es Hashem b'choyom b'tzvilah. So what is the verb that you're supposed to do? Again, the Rambam is consistent. La'avod es Hashem. The mitzvah is to serve God. And the way to serve God is through prayer. Once you get to Mishnah Torah, to source number three, this is what the Rambam tells you what to do. So you see here he's not focusing on the definition of the mitzvah. He's telling you more what to do. See here he says, mitzvah saseh l'hispalo b'choyom. It's a mitzvah to daven every day, as the Torah says. Good. So if you read to the Rambam over here, what do you have to do to fulfill this mitzvah? What does the Rambam seem to indicate? How do you fulfill the mitzvah of prayer every day? 
Tefillah. So what do you have to do? What is Tefillah? What is the definition of Tefillah based on these Rambams? So there's no... Sorry? It sounds like, yeah, it's like, there's nothing set. There's no set text. There's no set time. There's no, there's no set way of doing it. You, if you there, turn, there is a set, there is a requirement of Avodah Shabalev. Avodah Shabalev. Go, go, go. We know the definition is Avodah Shabalev. What that means? What that means seems to be totally amorphous. It's totally, it's, it's, uh, it's, to, it's, it's totally subjective, as long as it includes certain elements. What elements does it have to include? Something to do with Avodah Shabalev. And we, as Brandon said, it includes Shavach, Bakasha, and then Hodaya. So that system that we have, that we in Arshman Esrei, the first three brachos are, are praising God, the middle brachos are asking things to God, and the last three brachos are arguably thanking God, at least one of them is, Modem. So that, that setup is the Oraisa. It sounds like that from the Ramah. Yeah. We, we take that for granted, because as we learned together, there's, there's Shmon Esrei, there's, there's a formula, where did this formula come ah, from good, good, good. before the Rambam? Where did the Rambam get it? Good, good. So the Rambam gets it from the Gemara, and the Gemara gets it from Moshe Rabbeinu. The Gemara says that if you go through the biblical text for Moshe Rabbeinu's, Moshe Rabbeinu's Tfilos, he does Shavach, Bakasha, and then Hoda. Is it example? Um, I think the Gemara, I think it's a Tfilah by, I think it's a Tfilah, I'm forgetting the exact Tfilah, I think it's a Tfilah by the Ego, where, I'm forgetting the second now, you can check it up. Um, but I think there, there's Shavak first, and then there's Bakasha, and then there's Hodadia. Bakasha Kisisa. I think so. But I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting which, 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 um, forgetting which uh, Psoki I'm the Gemara points to. The Gemara models it after Moshe Rabinus Philos. Yeah, Ruben. Almost an unnecessary comment, but in, our, <clears throat> in the rules of public speaking or writing essays, you follow the same. Basically, you're establishing some kind of connection to the subject and your uh, yeah. expertise, then you talk about it, and then you summarize it then, which is. Uh, right, and the, the Gemara refers to it as their hearts, because you don't want to just walk in with a lot of requests. First, you have to, you know, the, the Gemara sounds like first you have to like butter up, butter up the king a little bit by saying some shabbat. Establishing a relationship would be a more, I guess, derech um, eretz way of saying it. Yeah, exactly. And then you have bakasho, so you ask him for things, and afterwards you say thank you on your on your on, you say thank you say thank you on your way out. So avoda is general. It could be any language. It could be any type. Any anything you want to say. As long it sounds like as long as you follow those formulas. Then the Rambam goes on to say, as people became less eloquent in the Hebrew language, meaning when they went to Galas Babel and they came back and they couldn't speak Hebrew anymore, and it was very hard for people to come up with their own speeches, the Anshigas Zakrola created Shmonas as we know it. Fantastic. So what do we see from the Rambam? The mitzvah is to serve God every day. That includes tefillah, super general, what that means, and includes some element of Talmud Torah. The Rambam is a Chodesh. Why is the Rambam a Chodesh? Because the Gemara, there's no Pasuk that says you have to daven every day, and there's no Gemara that says you have to daven every day. And therefore, the Ramban, in his commentary on the Rambam, his critique of the Rambam, says there is no such mitzvah. According to the Ramban, when is the only mitz- when when is the when do, when is your own when is the only time and there's a mitzvah of the raisa to daven? Right. So number four, a sarah. Right. So this is the end, middle of the first line. The Ramban had a show, like, it's, it's inconceivable. I don't know. So the Ramban it's clearly davening so is a positive thing. Right. Mitzvah deraisa. Right. 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 I mean, it's clearly there is a positive religious uh, value in praying. The question is, is it obligatory? Is it a mitzvah? We're asking a more more of a, more of a halakha question now. And the Rabbanu agrees, and meet the Rabbanan, because I'll cr- concretize, then you have to daven every day. There'll be enough committers in, uh, in what's Kadima. Exactly. In Kadima, right. and how serious it is, what to do with what to do with Makam Safek, all those things are, 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 are going to be enough committers of the Rambam and the Rambam. And the Rambam. 
the Premier Gadim points this out. He says that let's say it's already getting close to you know you you didn't die, it's getting close to, to nightfall and you're not sure if you daven at all or not and it's now it's been Ashmashos. According to the Rambam, you have to say a tefillah. According to the Rambam, you could you could just walk scoffed phrase, the Rabbanan. Um, and and and, and Safi Rabbanan Safi Rabbanan is a kula. Meal, yeah. Maybe you can stop a meal just for, you know, it would be a, a good thing to do. It seems very odd. Well, it's, or else do we have something like that where it's only... It's a chiyah. It's a chiyah of the Rabbanan's And Chazal were very well aware of the fact that it's a hard chiyah to keep, particularly for Mincha. And therefore, particularly for Mincha, they said, there's a lot of things you can't do until you're down in Mincha. You can't sit down in a pseudo gagola for, for, for even like a birth, let's say, or, yeah, exactly. or a wedding. That seems to be a very good as well. But that's what, like, like Josh said, once you know it's a chi of the Rabbanan, and you know it's a chi of the Rabbanan that really breaks up your day, and it's very hard to do, right. and it's easy to forget about it, especially when now that we change the clock, because I'll make that, yeah. Yeah, they made that, you know, they made their minutes so strong. They didn't feel much. Yeah, you know. Well, but why, but according to the Rabbanan, who also holds that Rachel uh, opposed the Rabbanan, and when it gets close to being a special, it's seemingly that according to the Rabbanan, you'd also say that the Rabbanan level. You know, the race level, you wouldn't have to dive in, but since Brachel Vatala is a Durbanan, oh. as well as diving Durbanan, then really you should have to dive in. Right, meaning, meaning but you don't, there's no obligation to, it's not for Safi Durbanan Makula. So, yeah, you're not losing anything, you're you're not, may, you, you may as well. Over, you're not over an Asi by, not, by diving. Exactly, exactly. You're not, you're not losing anything, but there's no obligation to go ahead and do it. That's what the paper reference says. If you want to do it, because hey, there's, nothing, there's, nothing, there's nothing wrong with doing it. Um, just just uh, tangentially, it's interesting, if you look at the Rambam, he talks about the, the mitzvah of Avodah, the Esara, Look at the end of the first line. There's a special mitzvah both to daven and to learn be'esara. So most people quote the Ramban as a mitzvah to daven be'esara. Ramban seems to add on is also a mitzvah to learn Torah be'esara in order in order to have sukkuyos. So what we're, what we're going to do now is basically try to focus on the shita of the Ramban. The Ramban is fairly fairly understandable. There's a crisis, there's a war, there's a famine. You have to pray out. You have to dive into Hashem. Those are most of the examples of tefillah that we have in Chumash. The Ramban though says the mitzvah to serve God every day in tefillah. What is the nature of that service? We know you bring you bring a carbon every day. You have to learn Torah every day. But what are we trying to accomplish when we daven every day? What type of a Buddhist Hashem is it when we're davening every day? So one way of getting into this is to figure out where does the Ramam get every day from? Avadatem, la'avdo, to serve God, avodash v'leiv, the Torah never gives you a frequency. So where does the Ramam come along with this idea that it's every day? If you look at the Kesem Mishnah, source number five, what does the Kesem Mishnah say? How does it, why does the Ramam think there's a mitzvah daven every day? It's like, no other frequency makes any sense. Because what are you going to say? You have to daven every second of your life or daven once in your lifetime? So it doesn't know other frequency makes any sense, and therefore it must be it's once a day. Rabbasher Weiss has a has a has a shear where he goes through, I'm forgetting how many mitzvahs, but it's like close to a dozen, where Rishonim say something like this. That if, if there's a mitzvah and the Torah doesn't tell you how much time, how many how many times to fulfill it, Minastan Khazal assumed it's once a day. So that, that's more like more that's more or less what the Kesemishnah says. But the Kirat Sefer, the Mabit, one of the earliest kind of commentators in the Rambam, has a different approach. According to the Kirat Sefer, why is there a mitzvah to daven every single day? Because go back to the Pasuk. I didn't put the Pasuk on the source sheet. But how does the Pasuk end? And God will bless your bread and your water. So clearly, sorry? Parshas Mishpatim, I think. I think that's, I think this is the one, this is the one that's, that's, this is the one that's in Mishpatim. 
So you should serve God, meaning you should pray. And what's going to happen? God is going to give you bread and water. He's going to bless your bread and water. So the Kira's table works backwards. So what is the purpose of davening then? It's to get the bread and water. How often do we need bread and water? Every single day. And therefore, the Kira's table says, you see that the mitzvah is davening every single day because it's a tzorah kol yom. There's a tzorah every day for bread and water. If we, if we take that approach to Kira's table then, what triggers our obligation to daven according to the Rambam, our daily obligation to daven? Our needs. Our needs. We have needs every single day. So if you think about the Mechalkas between the Rambam and the Ramban, how large of a gap is there between the Rambam and the Ramban? It's a, it's a huge gap, but they're both working within a similar model, though. The Ramban says, what triggers our obligation to daven? A need. What type of need? A huge need. A national calamity. Um, that's what triggers our obligation to daven. It's an ace sara. According to the Rambam, what triggers our obligation to daven? A need, uh, but uh, a daily need. But it's all about our needs. And so, fundamentally speaking, the Rambam, this is what Rav Salvechik writes in source number seven, the Rambam and the Ramban don't have a fundamental machlokes but the nature of tefillah. If, if you skip the Rambam's method, you end up with the Ramban. If you skip... Like if you don't dive uh, yes. in red, then it becomes an Eitzara. It becomes an <laughs> Yes, I guess so, I guess so. You see they're along the same continuum. Um, but that's what our salvation says. There's no fundamental machlokas between the Ramban and the Rambam. Everybody agrees tefillah is about a tzara. You have a need, you have a crisis, you, you pour out your heart to God. The machlokas is in machlokas in degrees. How much of an ace tzara is necessary? According to the Rambam, you need a national ace tzara. According to the Rambam, every day you wake up in the morning, it's an ace tzara, so you have to daven. According to that approach, I think I mentioned this in the shir on, on, shir on Sunday about Bitakon, Last week Sunday, Rav Salvechik, like he look at his philosophical writings. Like he woke up in the morning and he's like, I really don't know if I'm going to survive this day. Maybe if I maybe if I like, get out of bed, I'm going to fall over and break, break my leg. And maybe if I check my bank account, I'm going to realize that somebody robbed the bank and I have no money left. And all these like depressing, depressing and anxiety-filled thoughts were like racing through racing through his brain. So this is what he writes in his book Worship of the Heart about Tefillah. And and he's like, he's like, this is natural. This is what this is the way this is the way people think when they wake up in the morning. And then how does a religious person react to that? You daven. So you have so many tsaros. He says not just bread and water. You have existential sorrows. You have meaning sorrows about meaning, sorrows about relationships, sorrows about do I even matter? Does, does, does anything to do to it? Does anybody in the world really care about me? And you pour out all of these things into your daily tefillah. So it's not national tsara, it's personal daily tsara, bread and water, and more existential things. Yeah, Brandon. It's interesting because you would have thought based on their perspective on like how the you know, world operates from like uh practice, it would be the exact opposite. You're saying that it's not odd. Yeah, okay. So it's an odd, it's an odd outgrowth of that. It doesn't seem to like, yeah. fit for perspective. That's interesting point. You're saying, according to the Rambam, the Teva exists as a phenomenon. The Rambam does say, though, that if you daven, if you become a tzaddik, then you get Hashkaka brothers for everything. So maybe davening is a part of the process of becoming a tzaddik. You have to dive in. Yes, exactly. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Every single day, there's, 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 there's all these crazy things going on. All these crazy things going on. The Ramban doesn't say a national sorrow. No, the Ramban, the Ramban, he has a language that he says sorrow satsibor. The Sefer Achina, I mentioned this to Avi, when he quotes the Ramban, he says if you are sick, you have to da- you have mitzvah to raise the daven. And it's not just a national sorrow; it's even a personal sorrow. But it has to be something out of the ordinary. Rav Salvechik's trying to Ramban. It's like 
daily wake up in the morning, you have your mind is filled with all the possible depressing eventualities of what could happen over the course of the day, that is a tzara, that, that, that triggers the chi of the daven. According to this, what part of davening, according to the Rambam, is going to be the main part of davening, is going to be the ikar etzvila? Bakasha, shalat and Rav Salvechik said, that's why the first three brachos are three brachos. Last three brachos are three brachos. The central part of our sitter is Bakasha Strakov, because that is the main part of davening. I gave you the Magen Avram over here, source number nine, who says that if a woman wants to just fulfill the mitzvah of the rice of tefillah, how does she do it? You look at the um, you look at the end of the second line. You have a woman who's super busy, she's not going to dive in a full shman esrei. End of the second line in the Magen Avram, source number nine. Miyad babok there, some include tefillah, is a bakasha. She just says, is a bakasha. Umido rice the And this is an umido rice, that is sufficient. So the Magen Avram is justifying the, the minhag of his mother, of his grandmother, all these European European Russian sachanios that just didn't daven. So exactly. So where is Shavach? Where is Hoda? So how did the Magen Avram understand the Rambam? That the main part of davening, not just the main part, the main, not the main part in terms of like they're all deraisa, but the main part is bakasha. That is actually the only thing that is deraisa. The Shavach and the Hoda are like good ideas to do to sandwich your bakasha within a Shavach and Hoda. But his interpretation of the Rambam, which arguably is not the simple interpretation of the Rambam, is that only thing that really matters is Bakasha. You look at the Prima Gadda, look at the Magani Giborium, the old point is that the, the, the Magani Ram seems to be against the language of the Rambam. You see, conceptually, the Magani Ram is arguing Bakasha is all that really matters. Yeah, the, the Rambam would say, according to this, that the Bakasha needs to, like, the eight are not the Rabbi, it's the Yachin. So he's, besides that little distinction, it's very similar to the Exactly, very similar to Ramban. Just the Yachim versus the Rambim. and daily, daily Tzrachim versus national calam- versus calamities. No, it's the Yachim every day. Every day. You're in the situation well, you, could, you Right, you, you, you could argue that, you know, if Baruch Hashem, you're healthy, and you're, you have a good parnassah, so you don't wake up in crisis. But Rav but Rav said, no, every day you wake up in crisis, and therefore every day you have a personal, you have a personal fear. Jewish neurosis. <laughs> in one of Rav essays, he says... You know, I write a lot about anxiety and lack of security and things like that. I'll tell you, I, I grew up in a European world where people felt secure, more or less, and then the Holocaust happened, and that's what that's what my life experience showed me that there's no such thing as security. And that, and then then I look at the Torah sources and like that's exactly what the Rambam is saying about Tefillah. So he's sort of like admitting that it's his life story is what gave him a certain lens to understand the. The halachic sources in a certain way. Somebody grew up in a different era. Might, might. I mean, I don't know. Like, I think many of us felt secure. I felt, but until three weeks ago, you just feel a total lack of personal security. Um, but it's a, it's a really, really, it's really jarring. But for somebody that grew up in the generation pre-Holocaust, and then again, he was in America already, but his entire world went up in flames. You have to imagine what that does to you in terms of what you think the world is like. He was literally living in Germany for seven years until the early 30s, until the Nazis came to power. He knew the Germans. He lived there for seven years in Berlin. He's like, I never imagined such a thing could happen. But then 10 years later, it happened. That's a total, total shock. And then you look at the Lachic sources, Tzvila, Tzara, every day, according to the Rambam, everything fits together. But then the Kudu is that it's a minor in Tzvila. According to all sheets, it's a Tzara. Yes. We're all kind of Tzvila, but they're the right 
Exactly. And according to the Rambam, you need a real Esara, but according to the Rambam, every day is an Esara, and therefore every day is a Chiyah of the Rambam. So according to all sheets is now, everyone's Tzfilah is also... Oh, nowadays, yes. Because it was in today, 100%. One, yes, these three years, 100%, everybody's Tzfilahs are, are the Esara. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, but there's another, there's another approach to the Rambam. Because the Rambam doesn't seem to highlight Bakasha in, if you look through the text in the, in the first couple of Lakos, as the main thing. The Rambam talks about Avoda, serving God. He doesn't talk about a Tzorak or an, or an Esara. And the second approach to the Rambam is against Rav Salvechik, and it focuses more on a broader perspective of the Rambam's writings. You take into account things the Rambam writes about Tzvila elsewhere, you might get to a different conception of a different conception of Tzvila. Um, and this is not my Kharesh. Um, any academic that's written on the Rambam of Tzvila, um, Professor Tversky, um, Yaakov Woodstein, they all say this. Um, and I, I found this in the writings of Yitzhak Saretskin, who is maybe the, one of the most creative and prolific Lamdanim today. He lives in Lakewood. His Rashiva tells in Cleveland for a while. They moved to Lakewood, he opened up Yeshiva there. He has like 50 Sfarim. Every year he learns it from Sakta and just writes and writes and writes and writes. Super creative, super knowledgeable. I, I really enjoy going through his Sfarim. And he has a piece where he was mechaving to the academics about this without quoting any, without quoting any of the academics. And he, he pointed out as follows. The Rambam was super organized. And the Rambam divided all of Halakha into 14 parts. 14 Sfarim in Mishnah Torah, Yad Chazaka, Yad is Gematria 14. Good. And the Rambam is mostly follows a super, super clear structure. Sefer Mada is the first book of the Rambam. That's about, and when it's Rodeos, what do we believe about God? Avas Hashem, Yeras Hashem, Avodazara, Nebuah, all that, is, all that is in Sefer Mada. The third book is called Zmanim. Zmanim goes through Shabbos, Shabbos Yonto. There's a book called Nezikin. It goes through civil law about damages. There's a book called, called Shoftim. It goes through how to run a country. The only book that doesn't seem to make any sense is a second book of the Rambam, which is called Sefer Ava, the book of love. It's like the Rambam became, became like a Karbakian hippie. A hippie at some point is like, forget all this philosophy. Let me give you the book of love. What about Hafla? Hafla is, okay. Let's, <laughs> I don't want to get too far afield, but that's, uh, that's um, Hafla is about the co-op of speech to, uh, to create things. Yeah. Um, so this is the Rambam's Amud Hashar, the title page of, of, of Sefer Ava, source number 10. V'shem Hashem Kel Olam, that's the way he always starts. There's always a Pasuk in the Rambam's title page, Ma'hafti Torah Zaka Kol So Sefer Ava is about Ma'hafti Torah Zaka Kol And what are the books in Sefer, what are the halachos described in Sefer Ava? Not Torah. Well, not Torah, but I'll get there in a second. Kriya Shema, Tzfilah, Tzfilah, Mezuzah Sefer Torah, Tzitzis, Brachos, Mila. What in the role is the connection between this list of halachos, and why are they called, why are they included in Sefer Ava, the book of love? So, so unfortunately, the Rambam doesn't really explain to you right here and there, or at the beginning of Sefer Ava, like what, what in the world he's doing. But throughout his writings, he does drop a lot of very, very good and clear hits in terms of what the structure of Mishnah Torah is, what the purpose of Sefer, Sefer Ava is. If you look in, look in source number 11, if you turn the page to page 5, source number 11, this is the Rambam's introduction to Mishnah Torah. And here the Rambam describes each Sefer, what the purpose of that section of Mishnah Torah, Mishnah Torah is. The so first one is Sefer Amada. It's all about how much you have to, what do you have to know about God. Sefer Shani, the third paragraph, The Rambam says, I'm going to include the mitzvot that are constant. That we were commanded to do them. Sefer Ava is about mitzvot that are constantly surrounding us so that we always think about Hashem and we love, continue to love Hashem. So what does that have to do with tefillah, mezuzah, tefillin, 
Mila, Brachos. In the morning book, um, the Rambam repeats the same exact thing. Um, source number 13. The, the, the um, precepts of the ninth class that those enumerated in a section on love, Sefer Ava, the reason is obvious. The actions prescribed by them serve to remind us constantly of God and of our duty to fear him and love him. Same exact thing. That the mitzvot in Sefer Ava, Tzfilah, Birgaz Kohanim, um, Tzitzes, Mezuzah, Tzfilah, are there to get us to always think about Hashem and therefore, and therefore to love Hashem. So what does this mean? What's going on? How do these mitzvot accomplish that? So if you look in the in the end of the last law on Sefer Amada, which is the book right before Sefer Ava, the last mitzvah described in Sefer Ava is the mitzvah of Ava Hashem. And this is source number 14. How does the Ramam describe Ava Hashem? Look at the, the second line of the, the second line of the halacha. Let's, let's start at the beginning. The Ava What is the proper love for Hashem you're supposed to have? Love Hashem with a great and strong love. So your soul is so connected to the love of God. What is the definition of love according to the Ramah, at least regarding the mitzvah of Avas Hashem? Daily, constant thinking about Hashem. Carbon Tamid is Ava, exactly, exactly. Like you're lovesick. So constantly thinking about Hashem. So good. So the Rambam had this definition of Avas Hashem. Avas Hashem is the religious ideal that you're supposed to reach, and he's constantly thinking about Hashem. The Rambam thinks if you constantly think about Hashem, then eventually the emotions are going to come. Fantastic. The Rambam was like, how in the world is the average Jew supposed to do this? The Rambam knew people. He lived among regular people. He was a show, he was a dayan. He was a shofet. He was a, he was a doctor. And in his own daily schedule, he describes how he was constantly meeting people, one after the other. How in the world is the average Jewish person supposed to reach this state where you're shogeh batamid, you're constantly thinking about Hashem, we have so many taivos, so many distractions, so many things to take care of in this world. So the Ramah thought about this question, and he, what, what conclusion did the Ramah reach? God himself gave us the system. God gave us a way to, over, to, to guide us, to teach or train ourselves to all, how to always think about Hashem. Always think about godliness. Always think about divinity. What is the God's way of teaching us how to do that? The halachos of Sefer Ava. Sefer Ava is about ways of getting to this point of Shogat constantly being reminded about Hashem. What is the purpose of saying brachos of every, about everything we encounter? Look at source number 15. The Ramam tells you. What is the purpose of saying brachos? Look at the, um, the, the second line. You say brachos, derak shevach, odzav, derak bakasha, so many different types of brachos. Kedei lizkores de borei tamid. The Rambam is explicit. Why do we say so many brachos? Because the, Hash- the Chazal wanted us, Torah wants us to always think about Hashem. So tzvila is a conduit? Ah, because tzvila, exactly. And that's exactly why we're going to see it. Tzvila is a manifestation. Right, that it's a conduit the, thinking of Hashem. Yeah, the, the, the mitzvah is lo'avdo, to serve God, which means for the Rambam, we're going to see that it means to always think about Hashem. The best way to get there is through daily, daily, is through daily tefillah. Okay, exactly, exactly. And Isn't that intrinsic in being an Evid that it's daily? It's that sort of Hilkas Evid, that it's a daily Avodah? Uh, you're, saying, you're saying that could be a, that could be the source for how the Ramam knew that it's yeah. daily. What, there's a day off? What, the master doesn't need his servant? I hear that point. I, I definitely hear that. That's not raised by the Kesem HaShadon a bit, but I, that could be another approach as to why, which fits in with what we're saying now, why the mitzvah is daily. Um, I think all, most mitzvahs are, are essentially there to 
be sad at certain times of the year, be happy at certain times of the year. How do you be happy? How do you be sad? You have to do stuff. It's used to right. You, you can't just turn on your mind. You know, okay, it's, it's hot. I need to be happy. It's been for three weeks. I need to be sad now. You have to do things. Right. And this is well, so to have a Hashem, you have to so right, so it's right. do it's something. Exactly. You just like feel it. You gotta. Right. And white getter flower, do you know what I mean? Like, exactly. So like, you know, you gotta, you gotta... And this and the Rambam felt that, 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 that this is like it's so exquisite, it's so beautiful, it's gorgeous. But the Rambam felt that the Torah itself provides for you the blueprints of how to train your mind to always be thinking, always be thinking about a shaft. You don't need a custodial safer, you don't need, you know, kumbayas. Go about your daily life. But if you go about your daily life with tzitzis, with mezuzah, with saying brachos, with all of these things that are mentioned in Sefer Abba, you will have constant reminders about God as long as you're doing it intentionally, as long as, long as you're doing as long as you're doing it consciously. Brachos. Everything we do we say Braka. It's always a way to bring the thing we're doing back to Hashem. Source number sixteen. It's about mezuzah. Many the Ramam says, some Rishonim thinks that what is the purpose of a mezuzah? It's there to guard you, it's there to protect you. And there is basis for that in the Gemara. Rabbi's like, no, that's superstitious. The mezuzah doesn't protect you and from, from physical dangers. What is the purpose of a mezuzah? You're taking Yichod you're taking Shema Yisrael, and putting it on your door. Which means every single time you walk in and out of a room, and you look at the mezuzah, what does that remind you of? God. So it's not a way to protect you from physical harm, it's a way to protect you from spiritual harm, because it is const- as long as you are conscious of what in the world you're doing when you have to put a mezuzah up, and you look at the mezuzah and you think about it, it is a way to remind you constantly about Hashem. And that's mezuzah, that's tzitzis, which you're always wearing. It's fillin, which according to the Ramam is, 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 a, is, a, is a constant mitzvah. Um, these are ways to remind us about Hashem, bring our mind back to Hashem daily. What about tefillah? Tefillah, the Ramam said, is a mitzvah once a day. So how does tefillah, as a mitzvah once a day, how does that lead us to the state of shogeb atamid, of, 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 the, of the goal of safer av? So the Rambam tells us explicitly in Mornebuchim how this works. Again, this is both philosophy, it's both gorgeous, it's both a way to, way to, way to live, and it's lambdos. This is the way, this is Shana the Rambam perhaps, about why a tefillah is called a Vodash Valeh. What does the Rambam say in source number 17? Source number 17 is, the, is 351. This is the, the Rambam's description of perfection. In Chela Gimel, Perak Nun Aleph, and Mornebuchim, this is the Rambam goes through a different level, different layers, different levels, different types of, of perfection. And he describes a perfect Jew. So the perfect Jew is somebody who's constantly thinking about Hashem. Look in, look in the top of page, look in the, the top of page seven. The Raman describes somebody that's always thinking about Hashem. And he says, our sages have pointed out to us that this, that it is a service of the heart. Which explanation I understand to mean this. What is Avodah believe? Man concentrates all of his thoughts on the first intellect and is absorbed in his thoughts as much as possible. What is Avodah believe according to the Rambam? Constantly, constantly thinking about Hashem. But Chazal don't say Avodah Shabbat is constantly thinking about Hashem. Avodah Shabbat is Tefillah. So how did Ramam understand Tefillah? He's going to say explicitly. It's a training ground. It's so hard for us to train our thoughts. It's so hard for us to concentrate. It's so hard for us to think about things that really, really matter. So what does, according to the Ramam, what did God do for us? Every day, Take a half an hour, five minutes, whatever long it takes, the beginning, the beginning of your day, to free your mind from anything else other than Hashem. Every day, daven at the beginning of the day. Then go about your daily, then go about, then, 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 then you could go about your, your daily business, go to work, have, be, have spent time with your family, etc., etc. But once you have those five minutes at the beginning of the day, and you're totally focused on Hashem, you're training your mind to always think about Hashem. 
and slowly but surely they could spill over into the rest of your day. So then even when you're at work, even when even when you even when even when you even when you're with your family, even when you're doing other things, in the back of your mind, you're gonna realize why am I doing all these things? Because these are ways to connect with Hashem. So the Buddha should believe of tefillah is not just for those five, ten minutes when you're davening, that you're in a state of spirituality, you're in a state of transcendence, you're different the rest of your day in the sense that it's like a bubble, it's like which energizes you for the, for, the, for the rest of the day. It's not just energizing, it's a training ground. It's a way of getting you to constantly, constantly think about Hashem. So you do, you'd spend five, ten minutes totally focused on Akadosh Baruch Hu at the beginning of your day, then you, go about, then, you go about your, then you go about your day, you go to work. But then you look at the mezuzah on your door, and you realize you have tzitzah on, and you're saying brachos for all these things. These are gentle reminders that bring your mind back to Hashem. And then whatever it is you're doing, as long as it's a positive work activity, you could put it into a religious, spiritual context as a way of connecting to Hashem. That's what the Ramam says. Look at, look at the, the paragraph that begins, the first thing you must do. You want to learn how to teach, train yourself to always think about Hashem? What is the first thing you have to do? Turn your thoughts away from everything while you read Shema or during the tefillah. First, try focusing during davening. You're not doing anything else. Just focus on tefillah. And then, once you succeed in focusing on tefillah on Hashem, you will be able to bring that in and to bring that into the rest of your day. So, what is the definition of avodah shabalev of the daily mitzvah of tefillah according to this approach? It's not that I wake up in the morning, I have, I have personal sorrows, I'm in crisis, I call out to Hashem with bakasha. The goal is to reach a state of Avas Hashem. The goal, it's more of like a positive goal, it's not a reaction to a negative. The goal is to reach a state where Shoga Batamid, I'm always thinking about Hashem. How do I do that? The whole system is safer Ava. How do I start off my day to set myself on the right tone where, I'm over, where at the beginning of the day I dedicated time to always thinking about Hashem? I dive in chakras. That's why Kriyashima and Tfila are the first two sections in safer Ava that sets the tone for everything else that comes afterwards. And this is not just, I think it's a beautiful, beautiful, gorgeous idea. It's explicit in the Rambam, and it explains why the Rambam felt that the term avoda, the avdo, refers to tefillah. And it's not just the to pray for certain things. It's part of a broader category of serving Hashem, which the Rambam interprets, avoda shabalev, as a way of always thinking about Hashem. And this could have many, many halakhic ramifications, which I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if we're, if we're going to go through all of them now. Um, let, let's skip source number, let's skip 18, 18, 18 and 19, which is about the relationship between, between Torah and Tefillah. Maybe, maybe we'll have a we'll have, we'll have a different we'll have a different um we'll have a, a, a different a different time to focus on that. But look, look at source number 20 for a second. Um, go back to the Rambam about about uh, about about the mitzvah of davening. Rambam says women are chayavos to daven every day. Why? Because it's a mitzvah to say shaloh hazman grama. It's not, it's not time bound. All that quote I'm asked. Rambam, you just told us there's a mitzvah to daven once a day every day. Isn't that doesn't that make doesn't doesn't that make a time bound? Once a day every day seems like a time bound mitzvah. So why are women chayavos in davening every single day? Well, maybe according to like the Magen Avraham, it takes three, takes seconds. three seconds. Maybe exactly. According to Magen Avraham, it takes three seconds. It's not, it's, not, it's, not really, it's not really a big deal. Um, but there's a whole group of achronim, Rav Salvechik or Shlomo Arbach says it says also. They say no, you're misunderstanding the Rambam. There's a mitzvah to take a lulav once on Sukkot. Fine, it's a, that is a pinpointed action. You fulfill the mitzvah in that second. What about the mitzvah to daven? Once you said a shevach bakasha hoda, does that mean that's it? You're done with davening. You, you can forget about it. You fulfilled the mitzvah. You checked off the box, and that's it. He says no. The mitzvah laavodas Hashem is a chiyuv tmidi. It's constant. You're always obligated laavodas Hashem b'tzvila. 
just a minimum exempt. You get an exemption if you did it once a day, because that sets the tone for every, that sets the tone for everything else. You look at the look at the second second paragraph here in source number twenty. It's not like every single day I have a new chiyuv daven. Halachically speaking, there is a constant obligation to daven. Just so happens, if you did it once, did it once in the morning, you're exempt from doing it the rest of the day because you have other things to take care of. But really, halachically speaking, there is a constant, there is a single constant obligation to daven your entire life. Where does that idea come from? I think if you, the Rav Salaitic doesn't explain where that idea comes from. Once you have this notion of Abodah Shabalev, constantly thinking about Hashem, Shogah Batamid, it fits in perfectly. Really, the mitzvah is the Shogah Batamid, to constantly think about Hashem. How do you do that? By davening. The minimum is to daven once a day for a couple of minutes to train your mind. But really, what is the best way to do it? Shogah Batamid, to constantly, constantly, constantly think about Hashem, to always be in this state of, in, in this state of tzvidah. Um, just to conclude, we saw within the Rav Salvechik approach, within the first approach, that the daily mitzvah tzvidah according to the Rambam is a response to a tzara, to a tzorech, there's a crisis, I need something, I have to daven. So bakasha then becomes the main part of davening. According to this approach, what part of davening do you think is the main part of davening? Shavach. exactly. Because it's all about focusing and think, training your mind to think about a shav. Unless you can say that it's also because you can realize that my entire davening comes from that, which I think somebody said that. Yeah, I think, I think the, Me'iri, the Me'iri is going to, I'm not sure if you saw the last source, but the Me'iri is, is, go, is, go, is, uh, is going to say that. Like, I can't get anything without you, Right, and, and that itself, then, then the bakasha itself becomes a form of shabbat. It becomes a form of, a way, it's not about getting a response, God, I need my bread and water, and the, and the purpose of tefillah is to get your bread and water. The, the purpose of a bakasha is to come to a certain realization, that you're totally dependent on Hashem, you're like an evet, evet to a melech. So then, relationship. it's a relationship, it's a way of developing that relationship, it's a way of, constant, of thinking about Hashem, and realizing what Hashem means for you in your life. It's not necessarily about actually getting the bread and water. So let's so let's see this being played out, and then and then and then and, and, and then we'll wrap things up. Look at look at source twenty one. Ramam says, "Well, this is a topic we'll have to deal with separately." But then you have to dive in with kavana. So Ramam says, "Misha spalo bolkibin is libo yankser lebispalo bekavana." If you dive in without kavana, you have to dive in again. And we don't do this nowadays, but that's what the Ramam says. Then kibin is libo bebracha rishona shavinotzarach. But as long as you have kavana for the first bracha, you're good to go. Like the of oh, so it sounds like it sounds like the Magen Avram. But what is? But, 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 but the Magen Avram said davening takes a split second. What aspect of davening do you have to tap into though? No, so sure. bakasha. Yeah. Magen Avram is bakasha. Oh, but here, what is the nature of the first bracha? Shabbat. That's what that's what Rabbi Noach says on, 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 on source number source twenty two on the last page. That's why the first bracha is so important. So we're going to see. Some of our should say, of course, it's the first one. The first one sets its own for everything. Rabbi Noach says no. It's about the content. Because the Iker Tfilah according to the Rambam is about realizing what God is and constantly thinking about Hashem. So it makes sense then that the first bracha is going to be the main one, because that is the Iker Shavach of Iker Shavach, Iker Shavach of Avakadosh Baruch Hu. And just, just to wrap up, Josh said that based on this approach, you could argue that even bakashos are a way of getting you to realize who and what Hashem is for you, and, and thinking about Hashem and thinking about that relationship. And that, that's exactly what the Me'iri says. Look at source number 23. The Me'iri is a Ramamite. He's a, 
there's like a philosopher dude, but he, and he interprets the Gemara as the Gemara is based based on those things. Sorry, that's a bad way of saying it. Akilas Kavod of the Miri, Miri, that's what it's Sadik, Sadik Gemara. I shouldn't use the word philosopher dude, but but the round, but you see the look at the Miri. Sorry, sorry, I don't know. Um, it's a small intimate gathering. Sometimes I, I get, get carried away. But that's the kind of what it's like. But the. You don't want to be a Sorry, sorry. But the um, but the. But the Meiri takes some of these ideas of the Rambam and he he he, he threads them through sugya after sugya after sugya in Masechet Brachos. So he gets up and he gets up to Bakasha. So this is the way he interprets the reason why Bakasha is so important. Look at the underlying part in Source 23. Because when you're davening, you're davening for Bakasha, for Chayadim, davening for your life. You would think you would say, why is that so important? Because you need to live. Because you need your bread. You need your water. When you daven for bakashas, you daven for your life, you daven for bread, you daven for water, you daven for all your trachim, what is the goal of that? It causes us to realize the truth. What is the truth? That God is in charge, that God is great, that, we, that we're dependent on Hashem. So what is the purpose of bakashas then? Not necessarily to receive a response, but to realize who Hashem is and what that relationship is really, is really all about. We're going to see, there are other approaches to tefillah, but the purpose of a bakasha is really to, get, is really, to get, really to get a response. But within this approach of the Rambam, within the Me'iri, the purpose of a bakasha really is a form of shabach. It's really a way of describing the way I should be, I should be thinking about Hashem. Okay, I, wanted to, sorry, I wanted to tie something because something that Ellie and I talked about a lot from learning from Rabbi Rush is that this concept of like, Whatever God does is for the best, right? And you and like maybe I shouldn't be asking for a million dollars okay. because maybe a million dollars is terrible for me. So then, how do you even ask for anything because you don't know? So then, like, it, so then, how does that tie into all of this? So that that's a fantastic. So Absolvitchik and is when he's playing up the playing up the legitimacy and the fact that Bakashos of Yitzrakim is the main part of Tila, he explicitly critiques Chassidish approaches to davening. He's like, if you really believe everything, everything, everything God does is for the best, so it doesn't make sense to have any Bakashos. Right. And therefore, it's, but halacha is all about bakasha. I just started down for uh, exactly, right, exactly. Not, not, nothing, nothing. Right. So, so you look at so. Hashem still wants. So, so, wants. so you look at the, so the Magad Mezrich has this whole notion that you're not davening for yourself; you're davening for a kafod shchina. Because uh, Hashem Himself told us the best way for God to reveal Himself in this world is for Am Yisrael to have refuah, and Am Yisrael to have this, Am Yisrael to have that, and that's really what our bakashas are about. It's not about us. So Avishik says that's not his, that's not the halachic shot in tefillah. Because everything, the notion that everything God does for the best should be in the back of your mind, but in the front of your mind, you're allowed to live life like, like a regular human being, right. feel the pain, you're asking for things. But within this approach, I think Rav Arusha's thing is going to fit better with his Me'iri and the Rambam, you're not really asking for yourself. The purpose of Akasha is not to change your reality per se. It's a realization that everything that I have comes from Hashem. And, and it's, it's there to cause you to think about Hashem constantly, to think about Hashem in the, pro- in the proper way. So Bakasha is not really about getting a response, because maybe I don't really need a response, because whatever I have right now is exactly what God wants me to have. But you have to go through the motions in order to be Masavev Dasamiti, to cause yourself to realize the truth that God is in charge and, and God and God is the one who's providing for me. So I think the two notions about, about, about Bakasha that we're developing here might, might fit. Most might... of that in 515 times. Exactly. Right. So Lechek is like, this is not shot in Chavish, it's not shot in Halacha. Hapshat and Chavish Pan is that we do daven for our needs, and we do feel a lack, and we do feel the tzara. And the Chassidim were perhaps, 
uh, they had to sort of reinterpret what Bakasha is because of its notion that everything God does is for the best. Um, and it's really not about me, it's about I'm davening for the Shechina, so to speak. Not a Hasidish, but coming from a different vantage point, it was a philosopher, where he also had a similar notion that what are, what are my, how am I coming to Hashem with my personal needs? The answer is not coming to Hashem with my personal needs, I'm coming to Hashem by talking about my needs as a way of making me realize yeah. that God is in charge. But, but also there's uh, another angle that I think one of the Hasidic greats, not I think, I know, I just don't know, I don't remember which one, said that you're not allowed to say this is not good for me because whatever is going on is good for you. You are allowed to say, Oi, Tati, it's painful. Oh, that's painful. Gotcha. Which is Bakasha. Uh, Bakasha. Makes sense because he's saying, Listen, you know, I understand that having no money in the account is good for me, but can we just. Uh, right, but I'm in pain. I, I, I totally hear that. I, I, I want to wrap up and let people go. So, just to summarize, we saw there was a mitzvah of the rice of Dav and everyday Kwanda Rambam. Kwanda one approach, it is a miniature ace star every single day, and then Bakasha is going to be highlighted. Kwanda another approach, it is a way to get you to think about Hashem. Then Shabbat is going to be highlighted, and God willing, over the course of the next couple of weeks, months, years, however long this goes for, we'll be able to explore the various other ramifications of this all throughout um, different different figures of Tefillah. Thank you so much. I really had a lot of fun learning, and Amir um, Tashem should be a for for everybody.